0: Okay, Booker Tov. All right, today's doc is Vavs and we are continuing on the uh, issue of um, of Baal uh, Ta'acher which is uh, this Gemara, you know, as you can see because of the amount of treatment it's received and the amount of treatment it will receive is basically the uh, primary locus of the discussions of this uh, mitzvah and lo- this atseh and lotase of bringing Korbanot uh, in the right time not delaying them and so on. Um, so that will be the continued focus today. So now to remind you where we were up to um, the Gemara yesterday um, said uh, with quoting uh, dealing with the Breitah that says Vayabchachet that if you postpone bringing it, it'll be it'll be a sin for you. And the braiter said that the will be korban That your korban it will not invalidate your korban. The Gemara did not uh, did not object to this. The Gemara actually just said it was obvious. We already know this. Either by a plus or by a bachor, that if a bechor is brought after a year, it still remains kasher. The Gemara made a distinction. Maybe the korban is kasher, but maybe it would not be hard. It would not be miratzeh, something that's b'nei hartza'ah Rashi and Tosos both point out about the element of kapara that other korbanot like achatas or an asham is to be mechaper even an ola has certain kapara aspects I wanted to broaden it beyond the concept of kapara but still speak about a korban that is fundamentally brought as a means of avodah if you would of you know connecting to God and there's an aspect of yei of it being found in favor as opposed to a b'chor where the primary aspect is the separating of the b'chor, the sanctifying of the b'chor, and the bringing of a korban is really secondary. Either way, though, the importance of harzah is a central idea by korbanot. So maybe, says the Gemara, that by other korbanot, it would have been a problem. So, and therefore, we tell you, b'chachet v'lo b'chorban chachet. And then the Gemara says, but even so, we know it. And let's pick up with that. The Akati, top line of Vav even with that um we could have learned it out from benazai this idea that it does not affect the korban um we taught him Omer. it says yeah it says by pigul it says um the one who brings it the pigul will not be considered desire you know to be fine desire for him so ma'at b'lomer. why it's not say it, which means like it's sort of singling out this is a problem, presumably other things are not. lefishe'enemar, so the bright affairs, it says, lo le l'shalomo, you should not postpone satisfying your korban obligations. shome'ani nidro, even somebody who postpones his vow, it's similar to a korban of, of a pigul, it is not, it is not found favor, it is not accepted. Pamud lomar oto no by pigul it says again the issue of ritzoy oto only it oto below pigul is something that is not, that is not accepted with favor is an invalid korban the but it does not apply to somebody who merely postpones his vow that is a problem for you that you have postponed your vow but it does not affect the acceptability of the korban so. No problem, it's just we already know it from another drasha. Now, why the Gemara can't say that different, you know, Tanaitic sources learn the same halacha from a different drasha is not clear, but the Gemara wants to sort of have, you know, say that, that they, we, they're all teaching you something, so we don't need this pasuk of b'chachet to tell me the Qurban is valid. That I know already. So what do I do with that rasha? So the gemara has to say something totally different. Ella. So here's what this rasha is. Not not the sin is you and not the Qurban, Another point of the pasuk. B'chachet there will be with you sin ista and it won't be your wife. It won't be held against your wife. Okay, now why is that? Well, what would have been the havamina? the I might have thought. Since Rabbi Yochanan says, and some says Rabbi Yochanan says, "Ain a man's wife who doesn't die, unless he, he he they you know from heaven, demand from him money, some monetary obligation which he is not fulfilling." Okay, now what does this mean? Mavaki menu mamon So, um, so, uh, to, so Tosus quotes Rashi as saying that that means uh, that he stole money and he didn't pay it back. But Tosus explains more in the context of what we're talking about here that he made a vow that he's not paying up. Okay, he made a vow that he's not satisfying. They, you know, up in heaven, God is expecting this obligation that he that he that he accepted upon himself. He made a pledge, and he's not satisfying it. And that, as a result of which, his wife will die. the verse says, in. If if you don't have what to pay, then why should, meaning, you know, don't make it happen that because you don't have what to pay up your commitments or your obligations, the thing you sleep on will be taken from underneath you, which could sort of, you know, mean more literally, like your bed will be taken as collateral, like, you know, the Torah talks about a poor person, you know, you take their night clothes and you return it and so on. But here it means your wife. Okay, so the one you sleep with. Um so your wife is taken away from you if you do not satisfy your vows, your wife will die. So I might have thought, Ema Baha'i oven bauta akher nami Mesa." So that's true about not satisfying your obligations. Again we'll read it like it tells us to God, not fulfilling your vows. Maybe it's true even about postponing the fulfillment of your vows. Kamash Milan. that no it's only if you that, that, it's all, that you, the sin focuses on you it's not collective punishment not paying your vows that's a different issue but not postponing it it's you and not collective so obviously that wasn't the original right there the right to Korbancha, but it is tying into another um, idea that Chazal sometimes have about how this can impact your family and saying that would not apply in this case it only would apply in the case of not fulfilling it altogether now this is obviously a very disturbing idea um you know, first of all, you know, what do you mean, I mean, what about the right? right? We're not supposed to believe in collective punishment. The reality is that while there are sukim that are very clear about that, about denying any sense of collective guilt or collective punishment, there are other times where we do find that, that um, you know, that, 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 that there's a sense of like everybody's suffering um, for, the, you know, for the sin of a few, particularly around areas of Avodah zara. you know, about like, you know, wiping out the the uh, you know the entire city. Although there again, Chazal say that you basically select out the innocent from the guilty, and you only kill the guilty, and you don't kill the innocent. Um, but nevertheless, um, you know, uh, you know, like uh, even going back, wait till you know until uh, uh, um, uh, Pesach, right? You know that like you know when there's danger around, like, even innocence sometimes gets swept away. Although that is different because that's sort of speaking about some, you know, metaphysical punishment or tragedy that's occurring as opposed to, you know, God punishment, you know, um, you know, God punishing. On the other hand, again, specifically around, I, 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 as opposed to, excuse me, a basin punishing, you know, a, a, a human court punishing. But here, too, we're talking about, you know, God punishing. We're talking <coughs> about a divinely oriented, you know, originated punishment. Um, so if you think, by the way, particularly in a Zara, right, at the end of it says, um, you know, the nasatias panai ba isha who b'mishpachto, right? The ichatios the, you know, right? You know, achimizaro natan la molech. So the, you know, says somebody goes ahead and gives his children over to the molech. It says, I God will punish that person. The panai ba isha who b'mishpachto. Right. what does Mishpacha do you know so there is sometimes in the Torah this sense particularly around Avodah Zarah of collective punishment interestingly Ungulus there translates that word I think that is the one place in the Torah where hard explicitly sort of says you know like I will punish him and his family like in that way of, of, of collective anyway Unglis there translates mishpachto as his supporters which is interesting because wanting to deal with the problem of collective punishment but the point is however much the Torah does emphasize you know, individual punishment, each because of there are still echoes, particularly around Avodah of collective punishment. And um, the collective punishment, by the way, is, the most obvious one is, again, focusing on the patriarchal society, the man is the head of the household, so if there's a collective punishment, it's going to apply to the Mishpato, to his household, which is his wife and his children. And, by the way, In the case of Irhanidahat, so the Gemara says what you do is you identify the innocent people and they don't get killed. You only kill the the guilty people in Irhanidahat. But Rambam says, yeah, you know what? You kill the guilty people, not meaning the guilty people, meaning the guilty men, and, anybody want to guess who else you kill? And their families. Okay? I'm talking to remember. he says wife. He doesn't say children. Okay, which is, I think, I'm pretty positive he says wife and children. Okay, which is like wild, right? I mean, you know, but if you... Because if you totally see the wife and children as appendages, you know, adjuncts, to the man, and the man is the primary sort of actor, then, you know, that, uh, so that's like deeply obviously disturbing. I mean, you know, you know the other, you know, the other reshottom like are, are shocked that the Ramam could say such a thing. Um, and that's even a case of like a punishment done by the court. Okay, so but the Gemara here, you know, so we should sort of acknowledge, you know, say, realize that there are still some places, you know, in the tradition, this, these echoes of this sense of collective punishment. And again, at least here, sort of talking about God punishing opposed to, you know, as opposed to the court, which at least makes it, I don't know, somewhat better, and here the Gemara is trying to uh, narrow that. Um, it does still say that for the sin of violating vows, um, you know, a person's children dies, um, which actually is that one of the things in the to vote that are grounds for divorce, if the wife does, uh, you know, if, 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 if in a case where grounds for the way a wife will act for the husband to divorce her without the ksuva, so... It's not just if she, let's say, you know, violates halacha. It's it's only if she, you know, if there's this area where she violates halacha in a way that impacts the rest of the family or that impacts her husband. So she feeds him non-kosher food. Uh, He doesn't say she's mechalal shabbos. If she's mechalal shabbos, you know, outside of the house in a way that doesn't affect him, that's not grounds for divorce. But if she feeds him, she serves non-kosher food, that is. So one of the case, one of the the other case in the Mishnah is (laughs) no derech ve'ena mekayemet. She makes vows and she doesn't fulfill them. Well, what does that have to do with the family? It just between her and God. So again, in the Gemara there, it points out this exact same idea, <laughs> uh, this idea that violating vows can sort of lead to punishment of the family so there is this idea there particularly in the Torah around Avodah Zorah the Gemara also quotes this pasuk and talks about it in terms of vows Um, and here is just limiting it to that would be an actual violation or non-fulfillment of a vow not a postponed fulfillment not to Acher Dov, you had a question? I
1: mean, I'm taking in everything that you just said I would have read this whole thing this whole piece as Divrei Guzla and like it's such a pun Mishka yeah obviously you're bad. Yeah. And, and I, if I do that, <laughs> then I don't have to embed it in the heavy theological problematics of Abu Dhabar, Yeah, right? but
0: I don't know. I mean, the Gemara here is distinguishing between, it says, that will happen if it's, uh, if it's real non-fulfillment, and does not just sound like Guzma, it sounds like a theological read. And I am telling you, the Mishnah in to vote that talks about really uh, embeds that in halacha, you know. So I know it would be nice to bracket it, but uh, you know it, 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 it is a theme, it is a it is some a strand that is there. Okay, Tanur Rabbanan, our rabbis taught. Right. So again, you know that's like right. He you know, but it says "Heim, right. V'chol Sherlahan, which presumably also includes the families, not just the supporters. So yeah, I mean you do you do get exactly you do get that, and that you're right. That's not about a vodzarah, that but you do have it sometimes. Yeah. What I'm
1: hearing here is maybe something about group identification, about groups and how you identify with them. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not really so much about the individual's, you know, sin or, you know, behavior, but it's about I mean the whole idea of Hosea is identifying your nation as a group, that's right. what you not. And by extension, you know, the family is a is a is a group of sorts uh, that you can't that maybe, maybe you're not supposed to pick apart every individual within it. But, right. You know, so you're
0: so saying not that the other members have, 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 have guilt, right. but that... Part of what you have to do to clean the area of a vodazara is to remove all the vestiges of it. So the same way, you know, your your you know shaber to shaber Tehem, etc. You have to remove all the vestiges, which include anybody that was associated. I think that that is correct. I think that that is, you know, why particularly around a vodazara, maybe by korach, as was said, you know, you don't want to leave. You know what, what that godfather, right? Right, where, where you don't want to don't don't, don't leave anybody alive because then the kid became the uh, yeah. right <laughs> the, the four year old kid. It grew up to be whatever to take revenge anyway but, so it's not that everybody else has guilt but that yes these are all like these are all you know connected to it and you want to cleanse the air I think that's right I think that's the idea of Yernidachas just, just got to cleanse, cleanse it you know Chazal say by Yernidachas you know you save the innocent that's not clear in the Torah but I do think that you're right that that is the idea Rashi on the Pesach Ba'isha Hu B'mishpachto says, why? He says, because you don't have a, like a tax collector, the tax collectors were assumed to obviously be corrupt and so on, you don't have a tax collector that the whole family isn't in on it. So Rashida tries to frame it as you know, presumably every you know, the family is, you know complicit in, um, and tries to deal with the issue of guilt. But I do think the pshad is not about guilt, the pshad is about more sometimes just got to clean the slate, you know. Again, it's not the emphasis of the Torah, but it's there. Okay, Tanur banan Motzas vatecha, what comes out of your mouth? So I talked to the pasuk. Motzas vatecha tishmor v'asita. Kasher natar to la shem alo kasher dibarta besicha. That's the end of the pasuk of lo It says, "Don't be ma'achair. Do what you said." Motzas vatecha tishmor v'asita. Okay, so now we're going to look at that. Tana Rabbanan. Motzas vatecha zumi tzatase. Positive mitzvah, right? Okay, now. Uh, probably it's the asita is mitzvah say, but somehow I don't exactly where Mosas vatecha. Where's the verb to be mitzvah to say? But okay, that's the positive thing. Do what you said. Tishmor, right? It's Mosas vatecha. Tishmor the asita. What, in order to you know watch what you say? Zomitzvah rota say. That's a negative commandment because tishmor, you know, shemor is chodesh aviv. Shemor yom hazabat lekadisho is a better example. You know, is a sense of do not violate. Okay, so that's a negative commandment. So there is a positive and a negative. The asita, and you shall do. Why do you need? What is that adding? So ashar ki asucha. It's that, that's telling that you must do. Meaning the court has to make you do, even if you don't want to do on your own volition. The court has to force you to satisfy your vows. So as you vowed, Ze'neder That's the vow. Hare Allah. your God. Elu So those are the things that are that are that are you know offered as sacrifices to God. The various different korbanot. The um, the obligatory ones, chasas and asha. The and the shlamim. We discussed that yesterday. There are obligatory versions of that. There are free will versions of that. Nidava a nidava kemashmau, like it sounds like, so as opposed to a neder, which is haray a lie, the personal obligation, Nidava is harayzo. you sanctify the object, so whether it's a nedar, whether it's a nidava, whether it's a free will sacrifice, whether it's an obligatory sacrifice, a shir dibarta, that you spoke, what's that coming to add? elu kach bedach habayis, these are things that are not korbanot, but things that are donations to the Beis HaMikdash, you sanctify their value, you transfer their ownership to the Beis HaMikdash. Okay, besicha, with your mouth? zot that is tzedakah now where do you now again it's not exactly clear where each how each word means the next category unless we just keep on adding and adding because of an extra word but tosos por Zotzidaka, if you look at tosos three lines down gives a particular way it's connected mi a process that explicitly connects the word pi with my mouth with the word of tzedakah um, that by the way is a very common phrase you find in the halachic literature about the way in which Baal ta'achir applies to tzedakah and how tzedakah becomes a nedir b'fichazot tzedakah. You know, it's like it's like it's like, like, like it's a one phrase b'fichazot tzedakah. So that's a that's a, that, has a that, that, that that phrase has a lot of resonance um, in later you know and, and rip uh, echo in later halachic literature discussing this issue of Baal ta'achir applying to tzedakah. Now, what should be noted before we continue is that the Gemara does not have the full list it had yesterday. You know what's not on this list? The one that made the least sense yesterday, which was? Leket Shekhen Right, which is not Kudshim, it's not, and it's not even something that is affected through hafwa'ah mm-hmm. through an act of speech that, that transfers its identity right so the thing that actually made no sense I was like to compare. besides that it just doesn't belong in the list Tuzel pointed out when do you ever have bata'achir you either left it in the field right, <laughs> or you, right, or you, or you didn't it. leave it where's <laughs> Well, you didn't leave it but now you have to go back and give it but that really made the least sense from um. multiple directions and it's not in this list. Okay, now let's see what the Gemara does with this list. So the Gemara says like this Gemara says, Amar why do I need to learn a mitzvah of, doing, of, of satisfying your vows from this pasuk right, the pasuk that says you will come there to the place that God chooses and you will bring there all of your sacrifices so there's already a, another mitzvah that is much more explicit, that you're obligated to bring your sacrifices to Yerushalayim, okay, so the Gemara says that you can learn it out, now of course you could say that there's no time limit on that pasuk that pasuk is only korbanot, Wouldn't necessarily apply to Kate Betta Kabayas. All right, but anyway, the Gemara says that we already have a post that speaks about the mitzvah, mitzvah to to bring your korbanot. Now, to say the word tishmor means a negative prohibition not to, not, not to postpone it. Why do I need that? You have it more explicit in the beginning of the positive, right? It says, So it's explicit, and then it says, So the simple sense, by the way, of that whole pasuk is the Mosas Vasech HaDishmoor and the say. First it says, Lotachir L'Shalmo, then it says, Mosas Vasech HaDishmoor v'asita. But the most thing is, you're interpreting this as a Lotach, you already had your Lotach, say by the first pasuk, Lotachir L'Shalmo, that's what Paltachir is. Okay. The Asita, now let's go on with Sidrasha The word Asita it says what? When the Gemara says what does it mean? We already learned it out from uh, Motash. Yeah. We're is gonna have a whole yeah. list of questions. I don't understand why you're saying this is teaches me all these things, I know all these things from somewhere else. I know the mitzvah say from ubasa shama. I know the mitzvah from lo Taher, where it's explicit. And now as the idea that the v'asita tells you, basin forces you to satisfy your your, your vows, your korban obligations. Ramali, I don't need it here. I don't need it from this. so nafka. You learn it from the verse yeah, that, that says, "You shall bring it to tanya." We taught in the bible so, right? So that's the very beginning where it speaks about. Um, what, what's the pasuk um, At the very beginning of a yikra? A He shall bring it to the opening of the OMOA. eight. Okay. So what's this extra idea of yakriv? Okay. So yakrivoto. so it's already said that he brings it. So yakrivoto it teaches Shekovino so Achi Yomar That you basically you force him. Meaning so that so it's reading it, not he brings his korban but Yakrivoto, you based in make him bring it. Yakrivo to make him the person who's obligated, make him come up, come to the base of and satisfy his obligations. You force him. maybe you force him against his will like stuff so funny what else does force mean but let's take a look Talmud Lamar leerts so no. it says that it has to be according to his will so how do you do it you beat him up until he says I want to do it okay so that's why you, you make him do it but you make him find his own desire to do it. Rambam discusses this in the context of a similar gemara about forcing a husband to give a gift to his wife, where Rambam says, you know, because deep down people want to do the right thing, and they want to do what, like, based in wants of them, and God wants of them, the so Yat-Sahara gets in the way, so you beat him up until you, get, until you beat Yat-Sahara out of him, and then he's able to get to his core desire, which is, of course, to do it. Anyway, yeah, it's a fascinating discussion in general about forcing somebody, in the end, the person says that they're willing to do it it comes up areas of halacha forcing somebody into a sale anyway here it basically is just telling us that based in, has to get hit, forces somebody to bring a korban so therefore why do you need this on the puzzle of balta acher again there is a difference because we're including balta acher to be more than korbanot we're including balta acher to be about tzedakah to be about perak so maybe I would not have learned the same thing, but this is a pasuk about korbanot. Oh, but the gemara is saying that we do already know it now. What? Okay. Now, now. By the way, Tosos points out that there are other Gemara that make it clear that you would, in general, force somebody to do a positive mitzvah. Right? You know, the Gemara got somebody who refuses to put on silen or sit in the sukkah. The Gemara says, you know, you basically force them to do it, which is fascinating. Talk about datit. I mean, it's one thing if you owe something to the Beit Hamikdash, and you could sort of say that the Beit Hamikdash is interest. You know, it has korbanos that are coming to it, or certain money that's coming to it. But the thing goes around, and it's oh, we heard that you don't sit in the sukkah, we're going to beat you up until you do but anyway there is a Gemara like that so it says, so why do you have to sell me special by Korbanot so he says well I might have thought that Korbanot is different because I might have thought that Korbanot is something that um, the Torah explicitly says we're so no that would be an area that would actually would be hands off so therefore it does tell us Kofino but you know it is interesting because there are other areas like bringing a chathos and an ashram and so on where this is about an ola where there's actually indications that we do take more of a hands off approach because if you think about the whole idea of a chathos and an ashram it's for you to make good with God your sin you know so then it's maybe it's okay that's between you and God to work that out you know that's your obligation why does that become something in terms of our communal responsibility so there is another Gemara that sort of has you know and Tosus deals with that that speaks about maybe more of a hands off approach by Chassus and Asha but anyway we do see that you force at least by Korbanot and that, again while the, the list of Baal is bigger than Korbanot the Gemara says why do we need a special pasuk about forcing for Baal Ta'chir if compelling for Baal Ta'chir if we already have this from another source yes uh,
1: Rambam passions, uh that someone who doesn't give the proper amount of tzedakah okay get switched
0: by the right right and that's part of this too because yeah. this is, if you force him, it includes everything that's on the balta to Akher list. lit Right. So yeah, absolutely. D- right. And to. that's also discussions in the beginning of Baba Basra. A lot of the Sadaka <laughs> sugyas, by the way, are also in Baba Basra, although Tzedakah comes up here in an important way because now you have really, you know, very weighty um, mitzvot and lot, a- ases and lotases associated with not satisfying, you know, your pledges. So let's go, the Gemara continues. And says, yes. Sure. yes.
1: What it does it mean by the you know, the Yes. So I don't want to get into
0: that, but yeah, it means that the court would come and seize his property and hold it as had uh, hold it as uh, as Moshko and as shorty until the person actually went ahead and brought his corbun. Okay, yeah. so but that again also relates to the aspect of the monetary interest. This is not the stama mitzvah. On so the one hand, right. On the and one hand, right, on, the the one family hand family. on the one hand, the basin has the, the the mikdash has more you know vested interest, monetary interest in this. On the other hand, you could sort of say again yeah, that this is more between a person and God, and maybe you know sort of not as much our something. But here we say kofin osachiyomarot zani. So anyway, we have everything we learned from this second pasuk of the Baal acher paragraph in the Torah. You know, we learn from other sources. Why do you need to go through the whole thing and learn out all this stuff? We already know all of this. So the Gemara says, and here becomes an important difference. The Gemara says, No, it's to tell you that there are two stages or two potential scenarios. One, a person took a vow. I will bring this korban. I have, you know, the haray alai. Somebody said like he'll do an Ola, he'll do a shlamim or whatever, and, yeah, and well maybe he's even obligated. We learned yesterday maybe with you know maybe without a vow. Maybe just the fact that your chay of a already per, it creates a to akhir. That's when you have the obligation, but you did not separate out the Qurban. Nothing is holy yet. The kha, the other scenario is Afri Shalak. You sanctify the animal um, and it's holy, but you haven't yet brought it to the base of Mikdash. Um, or you haven't brought your card that you sanctified to the base of Mikdash. Okay, that's scenario number two. And there's Baal Ta'acher there as well. And you need to tell me that there's Baal Ta'acher in both cases. If you just had the case of taking the vow without yet separating it and telling me there there, there's an issue of Baal Ta'acher, because you have not yet satisfied your vow. Your vow was, I will sanctify an Ola, you know, or I will give money to the base on Mitzvah or whatever it is, and you haven't fulfilled your vow, which is what the emphasis is, right? neder you took a vow, satisfy your vow. That's a problem. A vow, official once you sanctify the animal, just because you haven't yet brought it as a Korban, ema, I might say, look, kol Echadisa money. So wherever this animal is, it's in the temple storehouse. Okay? You know, like I was talking about yesterday, I haven't delivered it yet, but it's all already sanctified my vow is satisfied I just haven't done with the animal what has to be done you need to tell me there's Baal to there as well now as I said yesterday that certainly makes sense by a Korban where you have not yet satisfied even if your vow your, 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 your words sanctify the animal you have not done the, the idea of that is bringing it as a sacrifice. And you haven't brought it as a sacrifice. You haven't sort of completed it. But if you sanctify your car to the base on mikdash, you know, in a way, if they actually own it right now, it's not like there's a new religious act of now delivering it. It's just picking it up. <laughs> so it is a chidesh that there, too, there's an idea of balta Acher after you sanctify an object just by not delivering it yet to the base mikdash. Back to the
1: discussion of how many have to go by before you...
0: Yeah, so however many chadim though, that, right. Background. Yes, whatever the yeah whatever the 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 calendar is, how many chagim? But that's when these things would apply. Okay, so one is to tell you that it applies. I might have thought it only applies when you didn't do what your words said, when your words haven't taken effect yet. But once they took effect, just because you haven't done the second part, maybe there's not balta ta'achir because it already belongs to the base of mikdash and uh, So now, but now I could also have said the opposite way. The, yes, meaning an apish If you had the case just of. Separating it, you know, sanctifying the animal and not bringing it as a korban. And you said that with Baal Ta'achah there, the Kamashi Vega Bay. because there you've got a problem. What's the problem? You have something sanctified and you're keeping it. You're not giving it to the base Amikdash or giving it as a Korban. So there's Baal Ta'achah, something very concrete that doesn't belong to you belongs to Hekdesh and you're not taking care of delivering it so maybe that's Baal Ta'akhir Amar but I might have thought just saying something taking a vow I will bring a Korban and not yet doing anything about it I would say it's just words it's nothing no, not literally nothing obviously there's a thing of a vow but it's not enough to be over on Baal Ta'achir Baal Ta'achir is holding this concrete object away from the Beit HaMikdash when it needs to be delivered it's almost like a type of a you know of, about like you know holding somebody's wages back you're holding back this object that belongs to the Beit HaMikdash maybe that would have been it but just not yet acting on your vow maybe that's not Baal Ta'achir so therefore you need to tell me the pautach applies in both cases now by the way here's an interesting <coughs> question which the Gemara does not address let's say somebody says um, I will hare alai ola okay and then goes through two regalim and then he sanctifies the ola okay and then goes two more regalim and then he brings it was he over on Balta Akher? Are those different types of Balta Akher? And the clock starts again? Or no, once you started with Harel Iola, you know, until you actually bring it, that you know, if you haven't brought it within Sri regalim, or are those actually, you know, separate acts. The first is the Balta Acher not doing acting on it, so I acted on it. And the next, you know, not translating the words into reality, and then the next is not taking the object and bringing it. So the Gemara doesn't say the clock starts again, presumably it doesn't but it is worth you know, acknowledging these two different sort of aspects of what's going on here. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this, Umi afresh. how could you say one of those korbanot, one of those psukim is, devo- you know, is talking about the case of only saying without separating. Right, One set of psukim is that you sanctified and you haven't brought, one is that you obligated yourself, you took an edit but you haven't yet Sanctify the animal. How can you say that's one of the psukim is addressing that? By, by both psukim, we included the idea of a nidova. And the nidova is exactly sanctifying the animal, not taking a personal obligation. What's the case of a nedir? Omer alai It's taking a vow of a personal obligation. The isohine What's a ha, zo, ola, sanctifying the ambajak, the animal. So how could you say one set of psukim is about uh, uh, about not yet sanctifying, and the other is about sanctifying? That's the neder and distinction. But both of the psukim are talk about neder and dava. So how do you make that distinction? So I'm sorry, so we have to first quote the end of the mission. What's the difference between neder and dava? Neder, in the case of neder, meso nignav, if the animal dies or stolen, you have to still make good because your vow was to you obligated yourself to bring an ola So until that animal is brought, you have not satisfied your vow. Or you die. Uh, well yeah. Um, well if you <laughs> die then no, yeah. but okay. nedava. <laughs> if it's a if it's a nidava, mesa um, then, if the animal dies or is stolen, by the way, notice if it's a neder, then it's mace on ignav. The, the neder is mace on ignav, and we're not dealing with the jet. Gender of the animal. We're talking about the, we're identifying the gender based on whether we're calling it a neder or a an dava. Anyway, so if it was a an dava and the animal died or was stolen, ain't no chayavahu So You don't have to make good on it because you never said, you never accepted a personal obligation. You just sanctified the animal. So the animal died. Okay, I never obligated myself to bring it. I never had a standing obligation as an ola. I just sanctified it. As long as it's around, I have to bring it. But it doesn't, there's not a separate obligation for me to bring, to bring an animal. Fine. That's the difference of Neder and Nidava.
1: Ahid may refer to the Neder. Nignav doesn't refer
0: to the Neder. Yes, it does. You right. sanctified the animal and then it was stolen. Mesu Nignav is the animal. I said Hareya lie. And then I separated the right, animal. Right. Okay, so anyway, so the Gemara's question is in both of the psukim, we included Neder and Nidava. But you're saying that the difference between the psukim is whether it's sanctified yet or not sanctified yet. Well, <coughs> how could you say that? And the dava is written in both of them, and the dava means that the animal was sanctified. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. So the Gemara says... I'm um, a rabbi. Mishkachus Omer or both. You know, or and both of them are also talking about nedes. The says mishkachus law to Omer. Like you said, Harei alai ola, monas sheini chayev That you said I accept an obligation of an ola on the stipulation that if something happens to it after I sanctify it, I won't have to bring another one. Okay, so that is technically it's a nedes but it has the because it's about your personal obligation but it has the halakhic implications of a nidava in the sense that if the animal dies you don't have to substitute it. So what he's saying is yes it's true that the psukin do also talk about a nidava, and we want to say that one set of psukin is only about a personal obligation not about not talking about yet having sanctified the animal. So he says well okay that case I'll say the word nidava and that pasuk does not mean you sanctified the animal the word nidava that pasuk means you accept a personal obligation with the consequences and the limits of an nidavah. Okay, but, te- but at the end of the day, we're going to argue that one set of sukim is talking about Taking a vow without yet translating it into into something physical, and that's one aspect of vav to Okay, that would classically be idea I of a neder. And the other pasuk is talking about sanctifying it and not yet bringing it, which would classically be a nidava or a neder turned into actually making the korban. Okay, so that's so so right. Okay, but you know, basically, a neder. If you say neder, if you say and then stage two is you actually you're maktish the animal you're moxish, right you have an animal here that's now that's now been sanctified you first get ali, then it's sanctified if it dies you have to bring another one because you still have the harayali but you are maktish but, but the animal can be sanctified right and in the dava if you say which immediately gets you to a sanctified animal Okay, so the Gemara says that the cases of the two Psuk and right, one is Lo Ta'ater with Shalmo, right, and the other Psuk is, oops, I wrote low, with Shalmo, and the other Psuk is Yodel Fataka. right? So one of them, it says, is talking that the animal is sanctified and hasn't been brought. Let's take that to this case. Okay, sanctifying hasn't been brought. And the other is, there's no animal yet. It's only your obligation. It hasn't translated yet into an animal. But both of the Psukim say nedr and nidava. So how can you have those scenarios of nedr and nidava? So to have the scenario here by nedr and nedava is not a problem. It started with a neder, but now you've already sanctified the animal. Or it started with a nidava. So to have a case of this being a neder or nidava is no problem. Okay, but the Gemara says, "How could this be a neder or a nidava? Where is the nidava element here? Neder, yes, but With how could animal. it be a nidava? <laughs> because we're saying that this hasn't yet the hasn't yet been sanctified." And the Rambam says, yes, it can be a Nidabah because if you, it really is a neder, but if it's a neder that has some of the halachic aspects of a nidava, so you're free from responsibility. So that's why it's calling it a Nidabah here as well. Mm. Okay, but yes, technically here there's two types of neder. There's neder one, which is classic, and there's neder two, which is you know free, you know free from, um, uh, from denied players, right. which is a quasi. Nidava. So in both cases, so there's no animal, right? There's no animal here. It's only and that's the that's the not the first case. But we could also still call it a nidava because there's some case that it's a quasi nidava without there yet being an animal. As
1: soon as the implications of being a neder should kick in, but the achrayut, the tanya turns it into the
0: category of sun. Right. Okay. So now the gemara says like this. Moving on. The chazot daka. So like this as I said, very important in terms of Baal applying to Tdaka. Amarava, Utzduka, and if that weren't enough, Rava says Utzdaka and Khayva altar. Tedaka, you immediately transgress. Baal ta'akhir. I doesn't mean like a second later, but I give you know, you have an opportunity to give tzedakah and you're not giving it, boom. You know, you're you know, if you could just write your check and put it in the mail, every day is an opportunity, you know. Just just write the check. So you la altar. So my time, what's the reason? That because the poor people are around. So basically, vata acher is defined as blowing the opportunity. So by a korban, you have the opportunity when you're older. leregel, but by Siddaka, you have the opportunity every day. So now, of course, the funny thing is that, but by but we have three chances by rego, right? And when you're in the base of Micta, you know, when you are old rego, you might if you're there for a week, you have a week's worth of opportunities. And nevertheless, you're not old there. There's a certain degree of you know of sort of like of of, of, of tolerance, you know, or giving you a chance. That you're not over until you got had three chances, but so, but Robin, nevertheless takes this extreme position and says you're over right away by Tzadok. As soon as you pledge, uh, well, not as soon as you pledge. Then nobody would ever pledge. As okay. soon as you you have an opportunity, you know. As what I get, How exactly we would define? What does that mean? It means like it means like I can't even first go home and uh, you know watch the news before I take out my checkbook. You know. So th- how far are you going to take it? The other thing, by the way, I should mention here is. What about somebody who makes a vow to give a check to to a show, to you know, a donation to a show? That's not tzedakah. Right? It's not exactly the base on mikdash, you know, is it, but is that, that's still under, you know, is that like, is that like an extension of the idea of better kabayas, like giving to them, or, you know, or, or maybe not, you know, or no. Anything that's about paying up and that's related to a neder, even if it's not on this list, you know, is included or not. Not clear whether that would fall on this or not. But anyway, by Siddhartha, Rava makes this very extreme statement that your la La'alter, and the Gemara says Pita, which is amazing. So it says obvious. No. Mahdima, I might have thought to be to be in since it's written with the Korbanos, de Gimel to Korbanos, maybe it's only three regalim. Kamash that no. um the There by Korbanos it's about regalim. Here it's not about the regalim. Why should it be about the regalim? And the anim are present. Okay, but again, my point is fine, I get the difference. You shall and regalim here at end, but still there you had a little bit of a few cha- a few ch- a few chances. Anyway, so that's the extreme statement of Rava, uh, and I will Tosos earlier. By the way, just said um, so Tosos on Dala Madalaf by Tosos just said um, that he says. Okay, so those who still wants to bring in the three regalim and say, the statement is that the anim are really directly in front of you. But if you're not see anim around, you don't have to go looking for them. Um, that would actually still go by the uh, by, uh, by the three regalim category. Okay? Now again, what does that mean see the anim Does it literally mean walk out of the door and see the anim? Does it mean that, again, like you know, you can just go online and, you know, make a, you know, The donation online and so on but again since Rav is saying quite an extreme statement about that you're over the altar Tosos pulls back a little bit and says that's really when you are they're right in front of you if they're not right in front of you you don't have to go find them that would still give you your three regalim to make good on that yes
1: I'm surprised they don't mention the mission in Paris that describes the our uh, uh, weekly collection
0: of tzedakah. Yeah, but that's not about the spalta and about a personal nadir. That's about a more communal obligation. Course, okay. okay, so anyway, very very powerful statement here about tzedakah. Okay, now the Gemara says like this. Um, and again to note that where is the idea about making a vow to give money to a shul or other causes that are not technically about the ani'im does that get put under tzedakah does that get put under Kabayas? where exactly do you think that goes okay so the mother says like this Amar Over that ba'al might be three regalim but the assay of like ba'asa shama, the hevesam shama, is your first oblig- opportunity. Your first opportunity of Ola oh, the regal, you have to bring it. So, and it's not, you transgress. So, there's at least an assay if if you blew it even by one regal so may says I'll ask you on this Hey Rabbi Yoshua Rabbi Papayis Rabbi Yoshua Rabbi testified. Um testified this is in Edios, right where they gave like lists mm-hmm. of testimonies so that's why you also get sometimes some names you don't see elsewhere Shlamim Shlamim that if a Shlamim which could be a female um, gave birth that the, the animal that it gave birth to the Kedushah sort of transfers to that and it also has the status of a Shlamim and it's brought as a Shlamim Amr of or vice said, <speaking in Hebrew> So here's somebody that's family came, you know, you know, he came from the time of the base of HaMikdash, and he said, we once had a cow that was a, sh- a, sh- a shlamim sacrifice, <speaking in Hebrew> we ate the cow on a- Pesach, a- and we ate the child on Sukkot, so as a shlamin. So he's only saying it to point out that the child has, has a din of a slumin. Mm-hmm. But the Gemara wants to know why did you wait till... Look, okay. it. You had to have brought it according to Rava. The next Chag, you had to have brought it on Shalus. So the mother says, "Be I get why you didn't bring it on one of the other days of Pesach. The uh, de Demechusus Manhavim. Maybe it was. It had just been born, and it wasn't yet eight days old. You yeah. sent to Kula, Not necessarily. No, no, it just gave birth. It's not you shechted it, and then you sanctified it as a Shlamim, it, it gave birth, birth and then you slaughtered the it, Yaman. and then you brought it. Right. Ella hey but how did you not bring the child by shiluach? It was fifty days old by then, more or less. So the Gemara says, According to Rabbi, you transgress an assay. Isn't this evidence you don't transgress an assay? Amravazi and he shamed the rabbi. So said the name of rabbi. No, going be No, maybe the animal was sick on on Shavuot and you don't bring a sick animal as a korban. So since it couldn't be brought, that's why they got he, he, they were able to wait till Sukkot. Ravashi says my slamin What does it mean when we ate the child of the Shlamiman Diktani It means the next holiday. It doesn't mean chag. It means the next holiday. The the one who asked the question will tell you no. tani If we're saying pesach and then we want to refer to shavuot maybe if we just want to stam say chag, who knows what we're talking about? But if we've already said pesach and we want to talk about shavuot we're going to call it aseret. And if we say Chag, we're talking about Sukkot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now that's number two. By the way, you will notice that there's a mm-hmm. series of statements of Rava here increasing the severity or the scope of Baal Akhir. Number one mm-hmm. is, he said, by Tzedakah, you're over alter." Number two mm-hmm. is, he said, even one Regal, there's an Asay. Now get to, now look at number three that Rava's going to say. Zama Rava. Once you've got three Regalim and not satisfied your vow yom v'yom over You like get, you know, every day is another Avera. All right? So for, uh, for you know, for the score keeping up in heaven, every day is another lotase It's not like you're done at once, which, by the way, you sort of understand, yeah. because if you were already over in Beval and there's no more any consequence, then where is the impetus to bring it now? I mean, you know, you if you never bring it, then you could get the Gemara before. You know, the man's wife will die. You know, you won't have satisfied your vow altogether. But still, there's no urgency to bring it after you're over once. So Reza says, No, actually, every single day you're over again. Meisve says, I'll ask you on this. Now here's a new idea we haven't seen yet. That Baal is not defined by three Regalim. It's defined by the lesser of three Regalim and a year. Now, you're saying to yourself, what do you mean, lesser? Of course, every year has three regalim minutes. The Gemara will get to that in a minute, depending on how you count the year and when the regalim fall out. But, anyway, the point of the bright is, either three, not any three, certainly not three regalim to sidron. Any three regalim or a year, whichever comes first, you're over in Baal Ka'acher. Okay, so the Gemara says, uh, so you see, you're not over on every day. So the Gemara says, Zahai Maish Yusteh. What's the question? That just tells you when you're first over. It doesn't tell you whether you're over every day or not. So Amar Afghana, so says man, the Kamosi, Kamosi. No, the one that asked the question from this bright, uh asked a good question. Why? Michti, let's take a look. Tana The Tana is trying to get see how many times you transgress. Right? He's saying, ah, not just three, we're going in, even a year, you know. And he's trying to find more, you know, t- all the time, trying to find the situations in which you will transgress. Since he's trying to identify those situations. Um, over um, b'al So you should have said, and afterwards every single day. So since he didn't say it, the author that upright so clearly, you're only over once. So there's an obvious answer to that. The Eduff. The other one will tell back, say back to you. No, Tana The Tana is only trying to identify when you first transgress. Right. What is the time when it's considered to now be Baal ta'acher? But Rabbi Yitzchak will come out. Of He's not interested in counting up how many transgressions. He's interested in fundamentally defining the parameters of Baal so we don't know yet Ravva made his statement you're over every day we have not contradicted it Ravva made three statements we were not able to we, you know in some cases we didn't bother to contradict it sometimes we case, we, we didn't bother to even try to, to to reject it some cases we tried but it was pushed away and presumably all three statements of Rubber stand Tzedakah um, uh, an say for the first regyo and uh, tadaka right away an say for the first regyo and every single day after you're over you're over again every single day okay.
1: this is what he's interested in right.
0: He's going, he's searching around. The right, right. Looking around. Exactly. And
1: not the other.
0: Exactly. Okay, so now let's go back. So now we're done with Rava and those three ways of you know, giving even greater weight and scope to Baal Ta'acher. And now we're going to look at this bright uh, back to the question of the calendar and the idea of a year, of, of the lesser of a year and three regalim. Gufa. Let's look at what we just discussed. Echet uh, Bechor, whether you're dealing with a Bechor, Vechet Kolokachim, Kivan Shahav Lalayim Shana below Regalim, if it's been a year without three regalim, regalim below Shana, or three regalim without a year, over Baal Ta'acher, you transgress Baal Ta'acher. just like this. regalim below Shana, Mishkachasla. Year, a regalim without a full year, I get. You made the Right before Pasach six months later Sukkot, you had three regalim without it being a year. Eloshana below regalim, but a whole year without having all three regalim. How will you get that scenario? Hani If you say you need kisidran mishkachafa, then it's easy, yeah. right? Because any, if you make the vow, uh, you know, you know, after Pesach and before, uh, and before what do you call it? And before Sukkot, you know, you, you'll have a year before have, before going three regarding go kisidran. Yes. Ella, what? Leaf years? Well, we're getting there. Ella, Leman, delays slay Kisidran. If you don't need Kisidran, any three regalim in order. You know, any three regalim is fatach there. When will you ever have a year without three regalim? So the Lord says, Now here's one way you could answer it. Revi. It's um, uh, a leap year. Now, okay, but the problem is by saying a leap year, say, oh, well, what if it's a leap year? But if it's a leap year, then the way you would count the year would be with the leap year. Yeah, if I took the vow on seven Cheshvan and it was a leap year, it's still not going to be a year until Vav Cheshvan, however many months it was. So it's not going to solve your problem. There'll still be three we're going. Ah. But somebody says we have an idea of Rebbe that in another case doesn't care about a leap year, cares about a solar year as defining a year. So, if you define a year as solar year, and the situation is a leap year, then you can have three regalim without it yet being a year, right? You took your vow right before Pesach. The mm. Sun
1: hasn't come back. Right. You took your vow
0: right before. I mean, well, let's see. Let's say you took your vow here. Here's your vow, okay. Let's say you took your vow on you know Yudal and Nissan, okay. You know, even if it's right before Pesach, okay, and then here, right, it could be. Um, It could be, no, what what would be the scenario? Yeah, so the solar year and... No, no, you take it right after, you You hang it it right right after after Pesach in a leak here. Right, right. You take it right after, you take it right after Pesach, okay? You take it on one ER, okay? And then here you have one ER again, okay? Now, if you go by, now you have to read regalim, right? Because here was Pesach, right? Okay, whatever. Here's Shabuot, Sukkot, Pesach. So, who cares if it's a leap year? If it's one a ER yard to one a ER, yard, you're always going to get three regalim, right. right? But if you say, "Well, I don't define a year by, by, leap, by lunar years or whatever, I define a year by 365 days. Oh! 365 days will get you over there, will still be before Pesach. Yeah. Since this was a leap year, right? Since there was an yes. extra month here, so 365 days will now get you right before Pesach. Yes, is that clear? Yes. Meaning normally, to get here would be 354 days right so that's mm-hmm. a normal Hebrew year then, right if a leaf year it's 384 so whatever <laughs> 83 okay so in that case to get you to right after Petzach will be 384 and if you go 365 you still wouldn't have had three regalians about, okay, okay? Right? yes it may be tangential
1: but how do we get to the concept by the of good days Kodesh
0: as a, yeah.
1: Um,
0: so y- kind of, kind of yeah. Uh, you know that's a good question, but I'm going to bracket that for now. Okay. okay. <laughs> let's let's just finish this answer. So it says, <laughs> um, okay. Um, so, who is this, Rebbe? Um, the you I said If the house is not redeemed within a year, right, it goes over to the one who purchased it. It cannot be redeemed afterwards. We recently read this in the Torah. So, what's a full year? Rebbe Omer, 365 days. In halacha, there could be an idea of a year defined by a solar year no, it always goes 12 months from day to day but if it became pregnant, it became pregnant low meaning to the seller, meaning that then it's 13 months meaning it always goes to the same calendar date however many days it is normally 12 months or sometimes 13 months so the idea by selling a house is that you have until the next year the right to buy it back mm-hmm. after that you lose that right so here the Re- Re- Rebbe is saying you lose that right after 365 days the Rebbe is saying no if it's a leap year you have a few extra days you have a full lunar year whether it's a leap year whether it's a normal year so the Re- Rebbe says according to Rebbe I can give you a scenario where you've got a year 365 days and it fell before Pesach before you had all three Regalim again <coughs> so you
1: wrote the Chama that, that Lashon means the solar
0: calendar yeah solar year yeah so the Gemara says Ella but we still have to say if you don't look like Rebbe so the Gemara says like this so so the so, Rebbe so, 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 so you can have it for Rebbe, the Akhtashah Basrachah sanctified right after Pesach, the Himatos Shili Adar that once the end of other Shani passes, Mali, um, Mali, um, so Malia, so that Basra, Shana Then you've had three hundred sixty-five days. You know, you say divided on whatever twenty-three Nissan. Now it's the end of Adar That's three hundred sixty-five days. But regarding Lomalu, you haven't yet had a Pesach. But if you always define a year by the same date in the Hebrew calendar, then how do you have a year without it being three regalim? So Gemara says, let's just do the answer. Shidatani Rabbi Rabbi atseres Shisha, shiva shavuot can sometimes be on the fifth of Sivan sometimes the sixth sometimes the seventh because it's it's fifty days after the you know Pesach so the question is though which day of the month well that depends how big the you know how long a Nisan is and how long Ear is ha'keitzad le'im if Nisan and E.R. are both thirty day months. Hamisha, it's on the 5th of Sivan. Shneim Cheserim, if they are both 29-day months, Shiva, it's on the 7th of Sivan. At Male, Malev, Chaser, if one is fallen, one is lacking, Shisha, it's on the 6th of Sivan. Now, how would that answer the case? Because you took your vow on, on, this, your, this year, the Shavuot fell out on Zion Sivan, no, on 5 Sivan. Okay? This year, it fell out on 5 Sivan. This is Shavuot. Okay? And you took your vow on six Sivan. That was your vow. Okay? Next year, six Sivan is here, and guess when Shavuot is? Seven Sivan. Mm -hmm. Okay? So it could be one year you took it on six Sivan, you get to the next six Sivan, and you haven't yet had another Shavuot, because one year Shavuot was on on five, and the other year was on the seven so, so it is possible mean, now in our yeah, calendar so it is yeah. possible to get a full year um, you know same Hebrew date without it being three regalish okay I mean. and, uh, yes and i uh, just read I'll uh, just give me one more minute to finish this point the Gemara says who argues on Rav that the date of Shavuot can fluctuate so, uh acherim others meaning Rabbi Meir time we turn him the time we turn him bresa achem omim ein bin latseret latseret ein bin rosh shana l'rosh shana ella arba yomim b'avad from one year to the next the holidays will only shift always shift four days why how many days in a Hebrew year three fifty four take out the full weeks what's the remainder three fifty the remainder is four so if you always have a fixed calendar with no fluctuation of whether it's a 29-day month or a 30-day month, right, then the next year's holidays will always be exactly four days removed from the previous year's holidays. So this idea that 5-6-7 allows for some years not, you know, be, having different sized months. But Rachel says, no, they're always exactly 354 days, and the shift every month is exactly fixed, and the shift will always be exactly four days. Okay, <laughs> Khamisha. and if it's a leap year, it'll always be a twenty-nine day month. So therefore, and twenty-nine is four weeks plus a day, so it'll be five days off. But we will not change the length of months, and we everything is totally fixed. How does he do it? If you're doing it on piyia, yeah, that I don't know. It works nicely for a fixed calendar, but uh, if that, if that's uh, that's six not calendar, a calendar, calendar. Why
1: wouldn't we have adopted that calendar? That's so easy. Yeah, there a, are there
0: are, because there are other factors. Yeah, that, really. not, not like a low, you know, like not having two days of